Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going on this odd recording day? Super weird, man. I like our schedule, but we're really messing it up now. I think for good reason. So I'm excited. We got a fun one. Today we are coming at you with some early information on the coming season. We were fortunate enough to be invited to a press event by EA and we were able to get a ton of information that we are now allowed to share on the newest season. So we're going to give you the full rundown on all things Broken Moon, the new map coming to Apex this season in this episode. So yeah, you're listening on Monday. A little odd. Hopefully the content makes up for it. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Before we dive into the show, though, if you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel Matt, for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Additionally, feel free if you want to drop us a follow on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison. I realized how easy we are to get in touch with on Twitter right now. Someone added me with a question the other day, instantly saw it, responded to it, and we try to be active in Discord, but we get a lot of pings in there. So sometimes stuff does get lost. So maybe Twitter's the new way to easily get in touch with us. <laughs> oh, hands down. That's definitely the best way. I think we're both extremely responsive. Uh, so Twitter is the way. Um, if you want to support the show and help us to continue to have opportunities like this, we're able to work closer with the team at Respawn, get you the news as soon as possible, share our thoughts about Apex, consider joining our Patreon page. We just had our third-party invitational tournament uh, this last week. It was a lot of fun. They always are. Uh, and if you want to participate in the next one, win some prizes, have some fun, mm-hmm. get some uh, you know face-to-face time with Shay and I, definitely consider joining. Yeah, hopefully... Our recording schedule was a little odd, but hopefully the stream went well, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a fun time all around. Um, with that, though, let's just get right into the news and everything people are waiting for. And we'll start with the new map, Broken Moon. The fifth Apex Battle Royale map it takes place on the moon Cleo, which orbits around Seer and Catalyst's home planet, Boreas. Henry, we learned a lot during this discussion and the watching of trailers and hearing stuff from the devs talk to me a bit about what we learned about maybe how map creation in apex works because it is a really fun topic that i think comes up anytime we get a new map uh how long does it take all this kind of fun stuff we were able to get some insights so let's start by sharing there and then we'll work through the design of the map the features of the maps and general layouts and maybe some of our first thoughts on how we could see it playing just off this information yeah, for sure. So we kind of got a presentation and then a Q&A with some of the lead uh, developers and designers for this season. And speaking to the map, um, we learned about that process, like you said, Shay, on what it takes to actually make a brand new Battle Royale map. Um, and the first thing that we kind of took note of was that they knew they were building this specific map broken moon when they were just building encore for arenas which is located in the same sort of environment inspired by seer and mm-hmm. boris and cleo and that 
I think is pretty interesting because we also know that it takes the team about a year and a half to build out an entire map. And if we take a look at you know what that means on the timeline, that means mm-hmm. that they knew the map was going to be uh, Broken Moon on Clio in season 10 about then when that map kind of came out. But in fact, they started working on it way back in season eight. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. To me, that sounds like it. they are planning so far ahead and building things that will take so much time to develop that it kind of surprises me that the map that we're going to be playing in season 15 started just after they've released uh, Olympus back mm-hmm. in season seven. So long, long lead time. The other insane fact, and this is, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, we've kind of touched on this uh, in the past with different updates and legend designs and kind of we've talked about this with weapons as well but we learned that when it comes to map design one single developer is responsible for laying the foundation blocking out the pois doing all the first stages of development for the first six months of that map's creation which is pretty crazy uh, i think to us absolutely wild and what i also think that speaks to And the one and a half year timeline, how far ahead they are also speaks to is why leaks are so frustrating and annoying for the team. Like they've been working on this forever. They want to reveal it to the community and the way they've kind of built it up to be in their head. And I think leaks cut that short. And so it's something that I think our opinion has maybe shifted on since we started this podcast a long time ago. And the more we talk to developers, the more that makes sense to me. Because if some one singular person's been working on this for six months for a while, which is crazy that it is just down to one person to block things out and lay the foundation. But man, they're putting in time and time and time. And so I'd love for them to be rewarded with sharing it in the way they best see fit. Um, but yeah, it, it was eye-opening, honestly, to hear some of that stuff from the team. Yeah, it it's eye-opening. It's it's also just kind of shocking. I mean, we've yeah. kind of known that Respawn prefers these smaller teams. They definitely put out a quality product. But a year and a half is a massive amount of time just for a single map creation. Because we think about how long did it take to produce the original game on King's Canyon? Mm-hmm. You know, not much longer than a year and a half when you think about it and packed into that year and a half timeline is play testing polishing things up like things that aren't necessarily building the map so in some ways you can think about it like wow that's really fast to create an entire map but in other ways like it's almost like they're building an entirely new game and it's a very small team so Mm -hmm. well i think it's fascinating it also kind of begs the question no no go ahead go ahead You, you keep going keep going I was just going to say, it also makes you think, what if there was more developers involved? Yeah. Like, is it reasonable to expect that we could increase the frequency of maps if more developers were involved? Um, Considering that it takes a long time, but we know that the team is very small. That still is making, you know, the foundation of the entire game being the BR maps. 
Yeah, it, it, that's so true. And I think I would, my apologies for trying to cut you off, but that does happen like 10 times an episode. Um, but what I was also going to build on that was saying, it's crazy to think about if this map was being developed and released alongside when Olympus came out, probably building this map with feedback from Kings Canyon and World's Edge in mind. And through, I mean, there's probably some changes they make through the, throughout the entire development process, but I don't think you look at this map and are going to say, oh man, like they've really heard like the community's frustrations with Stormpoint and even Olympus and are implementing that into this map. It's like, no, that's the next one or the one after that. Um, if we continue to stay on this cadence, yeah. which is a very interesting perspective, I think we need to take when we look at this map. And it was echoed in the feedback as well from the team there. Yeah, that's a really good point in terms of like, of course, they're always learning and applying those lessons, but bare bones, like they're not able to do that because it takes so long uh, to make mm-hmm. the machine move. Let's talk about the design though. Let's let's talk about the design because it is so fascinating. Um, there's many POIs in this map. Uh, I think the number we got was 16 to be exact. And a lot of the POIs were built in lore to make the moon of Cleo habitable. So you're looking at terraformers, biodomes, protection from moon rock debris. It's a very cool kind of functional place. The The story behind this map essentially of... They were building it to be a settlement for people to live in and restore the planet. And then the Apex Games comes in and takes over. We're going to have, I think, a cool balance between the industrial and then the not so much side of things. The map is split into two sides, essentially. The dark and the light side of the moon, which we had split down into heaven versus hell by one of the developers in the kind of explanation of how the map was designed. Heaven, much brighter, inspired by Monet, got the paintings, pastels, beautiful bright skies, and then hell on the other side is a more barren, dark, and strong contrast. And we're looking at images of the map, and you can see it quite apparently where you have like black dirt or gravel all around one side, and then a lush green grass everywhere else. So it's really going to be split into these two echoing a bit of you know the world's edge fire and ice and king's canyon the sand versus the nature what do you think about that theme and how it is implemented into a game when we split maps into kind of two different perspectives because it's definitely a king's canyon world's edge thing not so much an olympus storm point thing that heavy split yeah i really like it i think that it is definitely a very important ingredient to what makes World's Edge such a compelling map to play on time and time again because you get that very clear variety. You know, they have the fire and ice. I think this kind of light and dark uh, will mimic that really nicely. Um, I just think the design of this map is really interesting because when we think about what we know on the lore of Cleo and what's happened, it seems like yeah, this map will be a moon base where they're trying to restore it, maybe rebuild portions of the you know pieces that fell away. Um, but in fact, this map is like you said, it's livable. You know, they were trying to mm-hmm. actually have a settlement here for long term restoration, so it's not just a you know industrial base. It's mm-hmm. incredibly habitable. 
um, which I, I was surprised by, but I think it makes the map look a lot more fun and realistic and not just that kind of monotone, gray, industrial base yeah. kind of vibe. A hundred percent. And then the other kind of portion of design in, in a lot of the artwork that is going into these buildings, they took a lot of African art style and tried to implement it into the game. And it seemed like they did it in an extremely, extremely well way. This is one where I don't think we have a ton of info to go off of, just like, but we saw a cool few pictures of it. I think it looked great. It's a beautiful art form. And so I think seeing how that maybe plays out on a larger scale in the map will be interesting as well. But it pulls from kind of Sears lore and that backstory as well. Um, and makes for a really, really nice look. <laughs> this was my favorite thing from this kind of reveal event, sneak peek. Um, we talk a lot about how important building design is for how good a map is. Uh, it's kind of how the internal structures are designed and having the African art style from what we saw, it looked amazing. I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan. Um, and it was it was promising that we're going to have some good layouts that are yeah. friendly to maybe some defensive legends like I like. Yeah. Well, let's keep this rolling. Let's talk about kind of the goals and some of the features and general layouts. So a bit more of the nitty gritty of this map that we were able to learn. The, the first takeaway was we learned the major goal was to with this map was to shake up the traditional flow and feeling of a map, which in their minds is teams landing on the outer areas of the map and working their ways in towards the center. The way we always advise people play ranked generally drop on the outside, work your way in. And they wanted to implement ways to shake this up. Talk to me about the big feature that was added to this game that I think is obviously the way they're going out and addressing that goal mainly, but is going to be the biggest change to anything I think we're used to in terms of map play on a, in Apex Legends. Yeah, this is big. So the feature is zip rails. And what they are is it allows players to rotate and move quickly in between POIs. And from what they say, this is something where you can hit multiple POIs in the early game, like on the edge, going back and forth. That's a game changer, you know, like we'll see if that promise is delivered. But if you can establish a network of rails between POIs that allows players to go back and forth, play, it, it really affects how the ring is going to force you to rotate, I think, mm -hmm. is, the, is the big takeaway. Because we've had gravity cannons not really give players what they want in terms of ease of rotations and flexibility, what they seem to be implementing on Broken Moon with the zip rails is an entire network or a transit network of these rails that are all predetermined routes and stops. You can get on, get off, but they're everywhere. So they're connecting mm -hmm. POIs across the map that just seems really cool. And the function, even though it is brand new, it's very much like a zip line. So individuals will, you know, hook into this rail system and then quickly zip off to the destination. Um, with that, you know, you you can't shoot very accurately. You have the mm -hmm. speed and that momentum. Uh, so that's going to be more intense uh, compared to a zip line. But in terms of moving, rotating, 
maybe even third partying. This is an option, but at the same time, there is a sound associated with it. So you're probably not going to be surprising anybody uh, if you are riding on a zip rail uh, to go third party them or get away uh, from a team. It's going to be interesting to see how this works because I think one of our issues in the community issue with gravity cannons was predetermined direction and that being predictable. How does this play into that? Does the speed and just the vast number of and the, the vast size of the network kind of outweigh that um, when we compare the two? Or will this be a much more effective technique? And they'll raise the question of, I mean, if you can use a zip rail to rotate quickly anywhere, is Valk as valuable? You know, are these rotation legends as valuable? The movement people. Um, and if the answer becomes no, that's a fascinating shakeup to the meta just in map design. I don't think you or I are going to boldly state that on this early preview of the map. Like, you know, play it out and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's definitely something that creeps into your mind just purely based off of the design. Um, so, yeah, I think these zip rails are going to be quite interesting. Really cool. We obviously got to. We got to hop on one for a little bit in our teaser uh, that we got last week. I'm trying to think of the timing. Yeah, last week, timing of this episode um, in the in-game teaser. So it's going to be a ton of fun. I think there is, yeah, a, a lot to look forward to with Zip Rails and Apex. It, it's really the opposite of Stormpoint. It's kind of what makes me excited because mm-hmm. on Stormpoint, you didn't have the jump towers, which really gave you not only fixed options that were very predictable, but just not very many um, like realistic use cases for using the gravity cannon. So the sentiment of most players was there was a lot of walking and it was a bigger map. So there was just a lot of walking, having zip rails that can quickly and easily give you a variety of options that rotate in between POIs across the entire map. That's a game changer. And I'm kind of wagering the the bet that this will be better than jump towers because you know it'll be faster, and in a way there will be uh, an element of predictability. Mm-hmm. But because everybody's on the same page, I think it'll just make fights a lot more clear. You won't have people mm-hmm. landing on your head out of nowhere. Uh, which is the downside to jump towers. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. There was a lot of jokes about a jousting meta as well, as it seems like these will operate two-way, and that's going to be quite fascinating. In terms of other features, uh, we've seen in trailers and some gameplay trailers, at least now, some air fans and POIs that you can use to cross gaps between structures and the ground. So kind of like that flying or hovering feature when you go over lava in World's Edge. So if that's implemented across the map, that'll be really cool. Even if it's just implemented in a few POIs, very cool. Uh, And we also learned the team, being that it was built on a moon map, one of the first questions they asked and experimented with was changing gravity, uh, which ended up being too challenging. I just wanted to throw that note in there because I thought it was interesting. And I know we've talked about it in the past as like, our uh, like dream map design features would be like, oh, is there going to be a POI where you can change gravity? I think we're going to be holding our breath for a while if we're not getting it on this uh, moon one. And no frustration here. It makes sense. Seems like such a tough feature. Not only just implement technically, but make it actually fun for players on a long-term basis. Absolutely. It is what it is. 
Yeah. Uh, before we get into more stuff, Broken Moon, and the rest of the updates we can share, here's a quick little word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Okay, let's talk layout of this map. And I think this is a very interesting topic of discussion for us to dive into today because the big thing with this map is that it was one compared in size wise to world's edge which is obviously a fan favorite it's slightly bigger than world's edge but not by much pretty much the same the big thing is that there was a lot more larger scales PO, larger scale pois that were implemented into this map uh, according to the designers and that was due that and that was to reduce the hot drop dog piles in the early game so if you have more large pois there's not going to be this one just skull town fragment hot drop spot that just controls the entire game and then slows everything else down. Um, I think this is going to be one of the really, really cool features we'll look at for this map because 16 POIs coming on release, Stormpoint release was 17 for comparison. That raises the question of, you know, if in a perfect world, everybody's dropping their own POI, that means that there's, you know, not one for every team. How can you split them? How effectively can they be split? This is like a comp question, I think, comes up when we start talking about map design. It's a really cool thing. But just generally, if there's less of these every team dying in the early game locations and it is a more bit spread out, it's probably going to be a healthier game overall. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I was initially kind of surprised by the low number of POIs, given what we kind of saw and know about the size of the map, which we'll get to. But it's also important to consider that like Stormpoint came out with 17, quickly added an 18th map mm-hmm. or POI. But they also had a lot of unnamed POIs that we routinely drop at. And then kind of the center of the map, what people call, you know, Dino Den or you know Jurassic Park, that's unnamed <laughs> as well. So I think don't be too afraid of you know that low number and think, wow, there's gonna be multiple POIs that are contested. And the fact that we're looking at a larger scale, the idea is that POIs are splittable and that you will be having less 50-50s, less crazy, what they call dog piles. Um, So I'm optimistic uh, just hearing those numbers and what they've laid out scale-wise. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, And yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about because this is, a like you were saying, a bit of a mix-up to that recent Stormpoint map design. And... It's going to be fascinating to see how it impacts the game. I'm excited, though. I think this is what we've talked about and theorized as like maybe a healthier version of the game before when we've kind of talked about like our map dream episodes. So I think this is going to be a ton of fun. But like all of this that we're talking about today, you know, once the players get their hands on it, things are going to patterns are going to emerge. and We're going to learn more based off of how the player base reacts to things. Um, the other thing we learned. Stormpoint's scale was creating breaks in the mid-game. Officially coming from the developers, we have now heard that, something you and I have talked about, theorized about left and right. And I don't think they also, like, I don't think they took, like, shots at this part feature of the map of Stormpoint, but they definitely went against building another map like it, and they talked about the sloping high-to-low of Stormpoint not being something they wanted to recreate in another map. And so it's always interesting to hear the developers talk about maybe some of the potential issues they've had with previous maps and how I think we'll probably not be seeing them in future iterations of new maps. (laughs) 
I would say, all things considered, Storm Point really did work out. Like, Agreed. it is an absolutely bonkers map. If you like think about the amount of PVE and then the fact that it is a King of the Hill style map where there's one point at sea level and one point at the top of a lightning rod, it actually works, which surprises me. But it definitely was an extreme that they don't want to replicate um, with this map. So I think that's an overall positive, but I just wanted to say that as extreme as Storm Point is, it actually is playable. It works, yeah. even yeah. though the, the concept is just nuts. Mm-hmm. And, and that is crazy to think about, for sure. But I guess that's kind of all the official stuff we learned about Broken Moon. Um, talk to me about maybe your overall thoughts. What are you excited for? What are you nervous for? And just any other comments I guess you have on the map holistically. From what I've seen, I'm really excited. I think that this is a return to more traditional Apex-style buildings. And in terms of the aesthetics of the map, I love what they're doing. I think that this is what you want. All the like images and concept art that we saw just screamed to me Titanfall 2 vibes. And so I think that it's going to be very recognizable. It's not going to be too alien or out there, where I think some people might think a moon map could be a little campy maybe or a little Mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. animated. I did not feel that way at all. And I mean, honestly, I love what they're saying in terms of changing up the flow of rotation so it's not outwards to inwards and having larger POIs. One of the things that, I've been considering for a long time is we haven't gotten on Olympus or Stormpoint a POI like Fragment. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have a place that is an absolute hot drop. And I've talked a lot about just how unique World's Edge is for having three urban environments. Like there mm-hmm. are three full on cities with multiple story buildings that has never been replicated again. Don't necessarily think that's going to happen here with Broken Moon, but. They mention larger POIs. Mm -hmm. And what I will just say is the size of the POI doesn't matter. It's the placement. Mm -hmm. Because we have Barometer on Stormpoint, which is massive, one of the biggest POIs, but it's on the edge. And that makes it not very popular. Like Cascade Falls is drastically more popular of a POI than Barometer, in my opinion. And it's because of its central location. So if you have large POIs and you put them in the middle, I think you're going to have a fragment style map. Mm-hmm. But if not, you're going to have more loot distribution. And with these rails, I think it's going to be a game changer. So overall, yeah. I have nothing but positivity. I'm excited to dive in and get some reps in, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it a ton. I mean, the the zip rails, I'm so excited to see. I'm, probably what I'm most excited for and most nervous about, in all honesty, uh, right. with this map. <laughs> uh, but I definitely think it's going to be great. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to get some of the you know art, which I'm sure you'll be able to find on social media. Unfortunately, the, the audio portion of our podcast doesn't allow us to show off images right now. But if you can go online, find some. It is just beautiful seeing pictures of the sky boxes uh, that we're looking at with this map and the POIs themselves. There's such a, yeah, that you have some of those like not as green and bright areas that are much more 
like a moon, like a moon map. But then you do have a balance of just some of the most beautiful, I think, POIs we've seen. A little cherry blossom section in one area as well, which you know always uh, gets me. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, really excited to see how it plays. Uh, but another really cool addition to the map or to the map rotation, just in terms of how it'll play and story wise. I think World's Edge is everybody's bona fide favorite map. And early on, it seems like this is the closest thing we've gotten that compares to it in terms of, you know, we've really switched it up since World's Edge. Olympus, a circle, a lot different. Stormpoint, the biggest thing ever on a slope, like very different maps. And this seems to maybe, like you said, come back to Apex's roots and compare more so to Kings and World's Edge. So hopefully they took, you know, the great stuff out of Kings and the great stuff out of World's Edge and the things that people don't like as much and they put it together uh, into this one. So we'll be optimistic. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm really excited to get my hands on it. But yeah, that's Broken Moon in a nutshell. We got some other stuff to discuss though. We were able to get some access to some other Season 15 updates, just generally speaking. Um, The first of which was stickers will be added to the game and you'll be able to personalize your heal items with stickers The art for the stickers for now comes from the design team. Very cool game customization tab is being added to the game in the lobby menu, which includes stickers, loading screens, music, etc. We've talked about stickers before, I feel like, because it's something that people have just been asking for forever. Uh, What do you think about getting stickers in Apex Legends? It doesn't really affect me. I don't. I Henry's just care not about a big cosmetics dubs, guy. Okay? Yeah. Dubs, um, but I think this is a, a cool new direction. I know that I was super resistant to hollow mm-hmm. sprays. I was like, I don't want to have things, you know, messing up the environment and the aesthetic of Apex. Um, and they ended up not really doing that. You know, they were mm-hmm. temporary. They, you know, could only be seen now when you're you're aiming down or when you're not aiming down sights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were executed well. I think stickers will also not be abrasive, uh, which is my main concern. Yeah. I think anything that adds a couple a couple little bit of customization is cool, uh, and it's going to be exciting. I, it's obviously the reason for the change in heal animation as well, when we just look at how that animation works versus where the stickers will be located in the trailers we were able to see. So yeah, I think it's going to be a cool thing all around for everyone. The question of like, will we ever be able to do our own custom stickers and stuff for clans and creators? I think that will be the maybe next step in the process that'll create a lot more excitement around this. Um, Maybe some not so good news we got that we'll share now. A couple bullet points right here, but we got no updates on cross progression. Um, And by getting no updates on cross progression, we mean that we were told that it's really not coming anytime soon technically too challenging we're not going to say a date as of now and it's not a priority for the development team um and you know we've had a lot of turnover at uh respawn nea uh between when it was said that cross progression is coming and now so obviously the team that has come in has shifted their priorities man what is there to say i guess about this at this point honestly (laughs) i think it's disappointing um and i think most players that had a, a vested interest in cross progression are going to be really disappointed by this news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think what makes it worse is what we see going on with Apex Mobile. 
You know, they yeah. seem to have no shortage of resources. They're pumping out feature after feature, content after content. They have new weapons, new legends, new heirlooms that we're not able to function at that speed on the main game. And I think that can be really frustrating for people. Um, so yeah, it, it's hard to find a silver lining with this. Um, what I will say is on a personal level, I've been playing so much now on PC that I don't even miss what I have on Xbox anymore. It's yeah. really not a big deal uh, to me anymore because of how much time has passed. Um, but there was a time where that was not the case. And there's a lot of legendary skins. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of stats mm-hmm. that uh, I still have banked on Xbox that I probably will never see again. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have it worse. We made the switch semi-early. There's a lot of people that will probably make the switch to PC four months from now and be asking about cross-progression. And so I think that's where the frustration more and so lies. I think you you and I definitely are on the same page of us personally. It's not a huge deal. Not going to change how we play Apex, but I still feel for the community and the people where cross-progression is an important thing. The other bad news. We were officially told LTMs will not be changing to any permanent modes as of now. So the control and gun run theories of those becoming permanent have been at least delayed by another season. Uh, We'll continue to push for this and hope for it, I think, moving forward. Uh, But that won't be one of the big changes we get with uh, season 15. Kind of disappointing. Not the thing we wanted to get. Obviously, it was something Henry and I were kind of like theorizing about. We thought it was coming. It feels like they were really testing stuff right now to make it happen. Um, but, you know, maybe a season uh, in season 16, we'll uh, be able to have a different conversation about this. Uh, but overall, it wasn't like a super positive sign of like, yeah, this is coming and we're working on it at some point. It was a, yeah, that's not happening as of now. <laughs> it was pretty cut and dry. Um, Another thing that we were kind of shocked to hear that LTMs are limited time. There is no plan in the works Mm -hmm. to change that. That was big. Just because we know this is a conversation. Every single LTM, like the community wants this stuff. And I think on top of the backdrop of arenas, it's surprising that Mm -hmm. they want to stick to the roots of BR. I know that as a player and as somebody that talks to a lot of players, people like Apex for the Battle Royale. Nothing yeah. else. Even your most favorite LTMs, people burn out on them, they get boring, and they go back to the BR. So that way I can understand you know, the priority being on the BR. But like I said before, it's hard to see what they're doing over on mobile and the fact mm-hmm. that they have solo queue over on or solos on mobile. Well, Whole different playlist. Why can't we have other game modes in our game mode, in our game? Yeah. It's disappointing. And to see arenas still just be there and not really be touched and people not rally around it or like it generally. And maybe the lack of arenas love is a reason that contributes to us not having other another LTM made permanent. But I don't think anyone's asking for it in addition to arenas, but as a replacement for arenas, which is the counter argument there. But Moving on, more Season 15 stuff. We were told the map rotation for pubs is going to be Olympus, World's Edge, and Broken Moon. And for Ranked, the first split will be on Broken Moon. No confirmation on what the second split will be. Um, Keeping the same amount of maps in rotation, even with another map 
added to the game. No Stormpoint, no King's Canyon, the two maps that have been, uh, you know, in the most controversy uh, as of lately. Uh, this is building up to be a season for the players and to keep people happy, at least from that perspective. What do you think about these rotations? Is there more to say on this? I agree with you. I think it looks really, really good. And if Broken Moon is a win, it could be one of the best rotations that we have in the last year, um, mm-hmm. all things considered. And then the last thing, it was heavily hinted that Winter Express will be making a return this coming season. I think we all probably could have guessed that one, and it still wasn't confirmed, but for all you Holiday Express fans or Winter Express fans like Henry and myself, we can rejoice. Um, Yeah, and that kind of covers everything we were told about this coming season. So obviously... Nothing on weapon changes, nothing on legend changes. Uh, I imagine we'll still get some stuff in the patch notes, and Henry and I will talk about it on the release of the season um, next week. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. absolutely crazy. Uh, so it's going to be a ton of fun. I think, summarize, looking at season 15, this stuff in of its own, new map, some exciting changes, stickers, gifting, uh, good rotation of maps. I'd ask what you're most excited for, but I know you're going to say the moon map. So I yeah. think uh, what's maybe your biggest takeaway looking at this season and what should we keep our eyes out for in a season many are dubbing the most important in Apex history because of the competition yeah. in gaming that's going to be coming out during this time. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the stakes of Apex as a whole. I don't really subscribe to their fear, but with Overwatch mm-hmm. 2 coming out, Modern Warfare 2 coming out, this is the peak time for holiday, you know, game sales uh, mm-hmm. and new fancy AAA releases. Um, Apex normally does pretty well. Uh, and surprisingly so. I think the last time we were at this point, Season 11, we had a great new Legend Ash, we had Stormpoint, we had the car. It was a really good season release. And Apex did good, even with the competition. This time around, there is probably more steep game competition. But I don't think we're going to you know, see a low point uh, for Apex, even across the year, uh, just because of how much of an absolutely insane record season 14 was. Um, so I'm optimistic. I think that the map is going to be probably the best map yet. I'll go out and say that. Um, and I, the other thing I guess I'll add is Winter Express, heavily rumored to be coming back. Mm-hmm. It's important to think about how Winter Express has changed because last yeah. year, Winter Express directly paved the way for so many of the mechanics in control, which people have mm-hmm. loved for the entirety of 2022. So, Winter Express, if you love it or you hate it, in the past, it's been a major testing ground for the future of LTMs uh, and features. So, Keep an eye out for it. I'm excited. Maybe they'll change something. Maybe they'll change nothing. (laughs) Um, Either way, I'll be excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that that map is going to make or break things. I think my hypothesis, it's going to make the things. It's going to make it all great. So I'm looking forward to it a ton. It's going to be great. Uh, Check out all those trailers as they're coming out. Appreciate a big thank you to EA, Respawn, and the Apex team for letting Henry and I get early access to this information. 
means the world that we're able to bring this kind of information to you on release and not have to react to everything we're reading anymore. It's a, a real treat for us, and I hope the community, hope you guys appreciate it and can enjoy this content as well. So huge shouts to EA. Appreciate it a ton. That's going to wrap up our episode, though. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.